my, the first po- portion today is, uh, I like to remind husbands and wives about doing better as husbands and wives. Because so much, so much of society depends on how husband and wife are doing, right? Because there's a ripple effect on how the children are doing, and so on and so forth. So, um, I want to remind husbands and wives often. Now, this is often not just related to husband and wife. Some of it is, just for them. But even the husband and wife relationships are are, are also applicable to other relationships, just friendships, right? Uh, The the, the fact of consideration in friendships, yes. Uh, I've traveled over the years through tennis with with two other pros from Corpus Christi, good friends, and we were involved in whatever kind of highfalutin tennis, whatever, Um, and we traveled together, and when you travel, three of you, you have to be considerate of one another. You can't just go, I want to do this, I want to do this. No, I want to go eat here. Well, eat by yourself then. Uh, You know, uh, you you, you are a team, and you work together, and you have consideration for one another. Uh, And so it is also with husband and wife. So when we talk about husband and wife, it is not just about husband and wife. Many times, it applies also to, to, other, to people that are not husband and wife or outside of their husband and wife relationships at work or friends or whatever. So uh, this portion this morning that I, that I want to talk about is this, that um, the scriptures say that a husband should love his wife as Christ loved the church. Now you can go and take that in... 10,000 different directions, right? Because the love of Christ is manifold, right? You cannot just cover it in, in 15 minutes. The love of Christ it will be my 15 lifetimes, then maybe you, you get close. Um, so, but this morning I want to talk about the idea that often uh, between husband and wife, the husband walks with his wife in such a way that she feels almost not worth that much. Is that a timid way of saying it? Uh, in other words, he puts her down some, he belittles her some, he uses sarcasm, he, he you know, in, 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 in a word, he just, uh, you, you're not that, he gives her the feeling that she's not worth that much. But it should be the opposite. This is what Christ would do to his church and say, you know what? I gave myself for you. And as, if we are going to be good husbands, we give ourselves for our wives. All right? Greater love has no man than, than he who he gives his life for his friends. Okay? Um, who laid down his life for his friend, is, is what the King James would say. And laying down your life for your wife is not like you take the bullet. We talked about it last week. That is included. And that is the, that is the easiest one. But uh, uh, in the mundane things of life, when nobody else is watching, when nobody else is seeing, except the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the angels... And your wife knows about this. That on a daily basis, in the mundane things of life, you lay down your life for your wife. That is to say, you die to self. That is to say, you put her first. In my life, Sybil is first. I don't count in that, in that equation, as far as I'm concerned. She is, it's for her. She needs to be happy. Right? If, if we say, okay, well, honey, where do you want to eat today? Well, I want to go to Bamboo Garden. We like Bamboo Garden. But maybe I want to eat some, some other place today. Okay. But she wants to go to Bamboo Garden? Guess what? We're going to Bamboo Garden. <laughs> it is not that she's stubborn or whatever, or that she's selfish, because if I would have said, you know what? Let's go to Outback today. Or let's go to Whataburger today. She would have been fine with it. But you know, if she likes to go to Bamboo Garden, we're going to Bamboo Garden. 
It's about her in my life. It's about her happiness. It's about her comfort. It's about her everything, you know. I, I, I'll drive the stinky car. She can drive the nice car. Okay? If I have to go out of town, I borrow her car. No problem. Uh, that, that type of thing. So this is what I want to say. That if, so we're going to go in a particular direction. If a husband loves his wife with that kind of love, like Christ loved the church, it will do more for her significance and for her security than a thousand conferences on self-esteem. I'll say it one more time. There were just one or two. Uh, amen. So. <laughs> if a husband would love his wife with that kind of love that Christ loved the church, it would do more for her significance and her uh, security than a thousand conferences on self-esteem. Amen. And husbands, your wives should feel secure with you. Secure and significant. Anyways. All right. I, can't, I think that's an amen. All right. Uh, so then, now I, I want to talk the title of the, of the, the, the real sermon. The, 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 the thing we're going to cover most uh, today is, the title is, Disputable matters. Disputable matters. Uh, so the question immediately is raised, what is a disputable matter? Well, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But in disputable matters, uh, one of the reasons why I like to talk about these things, and I want to warn you in advance that this is not an easy message to receive. The things of Jesus are not necessarily easy to receive because they are going contrary to the flesh. But that we would walk in the measure of Christ, that we would walk in such a way that it is always about loving one another, always about considering the other, always about the other person and not about me. This is the teaching of Christ. It was, it was that he came and gave himself for us. So that we might benefit. For us. So the word for over there means that it means both substitution and it means for our advantage, for our benefit. Okay? I, I did this for you. That was for your benefit. I, I went in the game. He, somebody came out and I went in. I went in for that player. I went in for him. I was substituted in. So the word for that Jesus died for us has both these meanings. Both that he, he, he was substituted for us. We should have died, but he did. And, and both for our benefit. For our benefit he died. So in our Christian walk, when it comes to these uh, disputable matters, it is always that we would walk on the basis of love. That we have so much to learn about. And so, therefore, Paul thinks that this is huge, this, these disputable matters, because he devotes basically five chapters to it. Three in 1 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10, and then two in the book of Romans, chapters 14 and 15. And, you know, huh. we, this morning we had a Sunday school lesson, and uh, we were in, in uh, Philippians, the fourth chapter, and we talked about, you know, uh, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, and it talks about anxiety. If you, anxiety, don't be anxious for nothing, but in everything, you know, by prayer and supplication, give thanks to the Lord, and the peace of God will, will, will guard your heart and your mind, and so on and so forth. So uh, there you have the, the idea of anxiety, and it's four or five verses. These were five chapters on disputable matters. So what is a disputable matter? Okay? A disputable matter is an issue that is neither forbidden nor commanded in the scripture. Neither forbidden nor commanded in the scripture. So if it is a disputable matter, nobody can say, well, the scriptures say you should do such and such on this particular issue. Because it doesn't say it, it doesn't say that. 
It says how you're going to handle it, but not that you're going to say that this must be done because it is not demanded in the scriptures. And it is not, you say, neither can you say, well, you cannot do it because it is not forbidden in the scriptures. Those issues are galore in Christian life. And depending on your background and depending on your history and depending on your, um, uh, 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 where, you, where, you, where you're from and what religious background you have and experience you have, there are more or there are less. I, I gave you a couple. Uh, let us say mixed swimming. Men and women in the same swimming pool. Some people are convicted that that is wrong. So you laugh about it because you don't think it's wrong. You think, hey, come on, get with it. And, and that is our attitude for the most part. When it comes to people that have other convictions, we sometimes just laugh it off. But it's a conviction. And the scripture doesn't say that you have to do it, and it doesn't say that you cannot do it. So... So because the scriptures don't say that we have to do it and that we doesn't say that we cannot do it or that we have to do it, we have to solve these issues on, on a different scriptural basis than what is commanded or what is permitted. Are you with me? Because they are not commanded and they are permitted. So you cannot go by commanding or permitting because... They're both. So you have to then deal with it on a different scriptural basis. It's always about a scripture than forbidding or commanding. Are you following me? A little bit? Yeah, that's just three or four of you. So, <laughs> um, so let us say, <clears throat> let us say you invite me for lunch. And you say, Kenny, I have this great plan. There's a bank here down the street. I know all the plans from the bank. And if we just go this way and this way, we can clean them up. <laughs> well, dear brothers and sisters, that is not a disputable matter. <laughs> okay? So on the basis of the scripture, we can say, no, you can't do it. Don't steal. Never mind all the other stuff that you don't do when you go rob a bank. <laughs> uh, so so that, then, then it is easy to discern that on the basis of Scripture, we say no. So, but if it is not forbidden and, and it is allowed, then you cannot go by the allowance and the forbidding because it is not there. Then you have to go on a different basis. Right? Yeah, are you following me? Okay. So, and this is important. Because this is the way that Paul is solving the problem for us. Uh, so, in verse 1, in, we're going at 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Paul tells us right off the bat what he's talking about. This is the issue that he's going to deal with. It is a disputable issue. And he says, now, as touching, so it's not about touching it with your hands, as as concerning uh, these things, things offered unto idols. We know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffed up, but charity edify. Charity is the, uh, is the, the old word for love. Uh, uh. So it says over here, he is going to talk to us about things that are offered to idols, in particular food, in particular meat. Okay, as we'll find out from the next few verses. It could be any disputable matter, right? But he's, he's, chosen, he's chosen this because this is what the issue was at hand. And he says, <clears throat> we all have knowledge. But he says, knowledge prefer up. This is what he's trying to say. And this is what, he is not against knowledge. What is implied here is that if you just go on the basis of knowledge alone, that is the wrong basis to go because knowledge alone tends to puff you up, tends to make you arrogant. Yes? I mean, and this, this, is, not, this is not just people in the world. This is Christians. 
when they have a little bit of biblical knowledge. Oh, man, they're walking around like, like, what is that you walk around like? Forget now what, what it is that walks around like that. But anyways, a rooster or something. Yes. Uh, so, so he says then, what he says over here, if we go on the, word, on the base of knowledge alone, that is not sufficient. That is going to just, it tends to puff us up. It tends to make us arrogant. So you're not going to solve a disputable matter with arrogance. It's not going to happen. You're going to frustrate and offend a brother or a sister if you're going with arrogance. And (laughs) this is not what God has in mind for us with the body of Christ. But he says, charity or love builds up. He says, no, (laughs) if you're going with knowledge alone, you're going to get yourself in a mess. Because it puffs up. It It tends to make you arrogant. But if you go with love... Because love edifies. It builds up. Now we're looking at a much better foundation, a a, a much better basis to work on than just knowledge alone. So so the first guideline is knowledge alone may get you arrogant. Love edifies. So he's giving you the guideline. Ah, Don't go with love alone. You have to go with, sorry, don't go with knowledge alone. You have to go with, with love. And then he says in the, in the second verse, he says, And if any man think that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. Amen. So that he, he, he finished out right away. He says, we, we, if you think you know something, you know nothing like you ought to. <laughs> if you think you know something, you're just showing everybody how little you really know. If you think you know something, let me tell you something, you have a ways to go. You don't have, if it is knowledge alone, you don't have enough knowledge to make this turn out well in the disputable matters. Remember, we're talking about disputable members, uh, disputable matters. I'm going to remind you several times because this is not true for indisputable matters. When the scripture says, do, or don't, then this doesn't apply. It's just simply don't, or do. So, the, that's the third point, right? The first point is, uh, knowledge makes you arrogant, or tends to make you arrogant. Uh, uh, the second the foundation is, love edifies. So, that's a good one. Bring that thing in, love. The third one is, hey, even if you think that you know a bunch, you don't know nothing that you ought to, like you ought to. So, the knowledge thing is, 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 off, the, is, is off, the, off, off the plate, off the table. And then he goes on, but if any man love God, the same is known of him. But if you love God, it will show up that you do, and then you will be able to solve the disputable matters with a brother or a sister, or with a church, or with a group of people, whatever the situation might be. Hallelujah. My dear brothers and sisters, since there are so many disputable matters, we need to know this so we don't offend. And we will see down the road here a few verses that we're actually sinning that way. Yes? Not only against the brother or sister who have offended in that way, but also against Christ. And, it doesn't say this in this particular passage directly like that, but it says in other, other passages that you also have caused then, the brother whom you offended or assist, you caused them to sin as well, against their own conscience. I'm, I'm warning you that this is not easy to receive. But the teachings of Jesus are not always easy to receive. But they're always other-minded. That is why it is not easy to receive. Because we are self-minded. For the most part, we are self. We're inward. Inward. We are not... My, 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 my concern is not Hannah. It is Hannah. I'm just, this, is, this is hypothetical, okay? So, my, my, my concern is always me. That's the average person. 
So, uh, indisputable matters, as it, uh, are the teachings of Jesus, are always other-oriented. It's always about the other person. Yes? Okay, all right. Is that true? Is that a fair statement? Yes, okay. Because that's what Jesus did. <laughs> it was always about us. And it's still always about us. Uh, verse 4. As concerning, therefore, the eating of these things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other God but one. And would you put verse 5 also and then go back to 4 in just a little bit? For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, and six, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. Okay, let me go back to four. Uh, as concerning, the, therefore, the, the eating of these things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, he, he is saying this. Okay? He says, if you know the truth, if you know, you have knowledge, then he is saying, you know that an idol is nothing. He is not a god. But there are those who call him gods. But whether they do or not, in heaven or on earth, it doesn't really matter, they are nothing. But you have that knowledge, but the brother or the sister doesn't have that knowledge. And they think, that an idol is still something very significant. So therefore, the offering to an idol is significant. You cannot just blow it off and brush it off. It is not insignificant to them. The ones that don't know. Are you with me? Are you following me? It's important to follow me because I just need you to get it uh, so that we can walk together in, in, in peace. We know that the idol is nothing in the world and that there's no other. See, we know that an idol is nothing. We know that God the Father, He is the only one God and His Son Jesus Christ who created us. And so we know that an offering to an idol really is an insignificant event. But for the one who thinks that an idol is a real thing and an important and a significant thing, the offering to the idol is a significant event. So this person thinks this is a big deal. The stuff that the meat that is offered to, to an idol. But you don't, you know better. So you don't think you just blow it off. But to them it's significant. And he says, you cannot just walk with that brother or sister as if it is nothing. We know it is nothing, but they don't have the knowledge. He's going he's gonna to build on that in just a little bit. So verse 5 says this, one God, and for though there be, they are, they, they, some of them call them gods, they can call them whatever they want to, those idols, but they are not gods, they are nothing. Whether in heaven or on earth, as there are be many, and lords many. So to them, there are many idols, there are many lords and gods, and that's why they have small letters over here. That's what, he's, that's what he's trying to signify. They, they call them lords and they call them gods, but they are, they are not. There's only one. Right? We know that. Okay? And then verse 6 says this. Uh, but to us there is but one God and Father of whom are all things, of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom are all things, and we by him. He's making the point. It's about Jesus Christ. And the, those idols, they don't mean anything. We have that knowledge, but not everybody has that knowledge. Let me just give you a, 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 a more up-to-date example. And I'm going to give a, an example later on with, with this particular issue uh, because we can identify with it much more readily than identifying with meat offered to an idol. We, we, we're not in that, in that period of time. So, for us, it is, okay, what does he mean? But, so, let us say the issue of alcohol, right? Depending on where you 
were going to church as a little boy or a little girl, and so on and so forth, you might have the conviction that drinking any alcohol is a sin. Have you ever heard about, of that? Okay. So, this, this is prevalent in, 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 in some arenas, in some denominations or some circles or some groups. But the scripture doesn't teach that. The scripture teaches you just simply cannot drink too much. Now, the scripture doesn't tell you what is too much. <laughs> but you'll know it when you do it. <laughs> and unfortunately, so will everybody else. It is funny, as Christians, I, I'm go, I, I sidetrack just a little bit here, okay, just so that it is funny how we Christians think that when Jesus turned water into wine, oh, that was not wine. Well, it spelled wine, okay. <laughs> that, was, that was probably juice. But then there is another scripture that says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Oh! Oh, was that the same kind of wine? <laughs> it makes you drunk. <laughs> so is that alcoholic or not? Of course it was alcoholic. But it was not a being abused. They're always guarding us against the abuse of alcohol. And as far as I'm concerned, don't drink it at all. You'll never abuse it. <laughs> so that's pretty simple. I cannot drink because God has told me I cannot drink. But the scriptures allow us to drink a glass of wine, no problem. I'm not advocating it. I'm just telling you the scriptures, okay? I'm not telling you, hey, Jan, go drink a couple of glasses of wine, you know. <laughs> you know, you're a little uptight. And, uh, no, she's not. <laughs> she's, 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 she's as relaxed as they come. But <laughs> that's why I can use her as an example because she's, so, she's always so relaxed. Uh, so I'm not advocating this. I'm just saying how, as Christians, we use illogical logic to try to make a point that is not there. So we'll come back to that after a while. So that is the idea over here, is that you know that the scriptures allow you to drink a glass of wine. But that other person, they think it's a sin. My dear brothers and sisters, and we're going to come to that in just a little bit. I'm just going a little bit ahead of myself. If you then knowing that this person thinks it's a sin, and you drink at the same table as they do, you are sinning. So let me get this point out of the way while, we, while we're at it. When you're speaking of, these are disputable matters, right? Okay? <laughs> disputable matters. That's what we're talking about. Uh, if you think that you are in a disputable issue, then when you are in public, you need to be extra careful, brothers and sisters. Because I am allowed to drink a glass of wine, I can't drink because God has told me I can't drink, okay? I just hypothetically. If I am allowed to drink a glass of wine, and he thinks, uh, 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 he thinks it's, a, it's a sin, Mark thinks it's a sin, eh? and I drink in front of him knowing that he knows that he thinks it's a sin. I am sitting against my brother and I'm sitting against Christ. And if not, I cause him to sin as well because he's emboldened by his older brother. We, we'll talk about those terms in just a little bit. He's emboldened. Oh, and now I have him uh, sin against his conscience. And I'm sitting against him and I'm sitting against Christ. Uh, okay, verse 7. So now, in verses 1 through 6, we had, uh, we had the presentation of the case. Okay? There is a case that Paul is making over here. An argument, if you will. He is, as a lawyer, he is building a case. Okay? He says this first, the case. The case is meat offered to idols. Then, that's in verse 1. Then, verses 1 through 6, he presents the case. 
Okay? And in verses uh, uh, he presents the case 7 through 13 he presents the case. Then in 13 he closes the case and then we come to a conclusion. So let us look at verse 7 what he's saying in verse, verse 7. This is important stuff folks because we want to walk circumspectly with each other. We want to work with your brothers and your sisters for whom Jesus gave his life. You want to be very cautious not to offend them or even cause them to sin because in the process, you yourself are sinning. Okay? The teachings of Jesus are so incredible because they're always other person oriented. Howbeit, there is not in every man that knowledge. There's not every, every man that knowledge. Mark doesn't know that he can, can drink a glass of wine. He doesn't have that knowledge. I have that knowledge. For some, with conscience of the idol unto this hour, eat it as a thing offered unto an idol. They, they still consider that a big deal. And their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Okay? Now, at this point, there are two words are introduced over here. One is the word weak, and the other one is the word defiled. Let's talk about the word weak first. This has nothing to do with, with physical strength. This doesn't even have anything to do with the amount of faith. This doesn't even have to do with your faithfulness. This doesn't even have to do necessarily, it could, but not necessarily with your maturity. The fact that you don't know doesn't mean that you're immature. He just calls you a weak brother. The weak brother is maybe not the, who am I to say this? <laughs> because it makes us think about somebody who's weak, but they're not weak. They just don't know. But So we'll go with Paul's term, weak. Okay? This is not a brother who has no faith. He just doesn't know in this particular area, let's call it alcohol. Okay? This is the idols, but we are more identified with alcohol. He just doesn't know in the area of alcohol what you know. But he might know a hundred other areas, a whole lot more than you do. Right? So in, in those areas, then I might be the weaker brother and he's the stronger brother. Are you following what I'm saying? So the stronger brother is not automatically the more mature one necessarily. Matter of fact, I have seen with my own eyes some of the ones that didn't know, very immature and caused the church split. With my own eyes. So I'm not, this is not second-hand information I'm giving you. Okay? Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you this truth. Splitting a church is the last thing you want to experience. There is nothing, nothing good about it. Nothing good about it. Nothing good about it. Nothing good about it. It's an abomination to God, as far as I'm concerned. And it, it confuses so many of your brothers and sisters when there's a church split. It's ugly. It's nothing good about it. So this is one of the reasons, and these things have the tendency, as I'm just telling you, that it split a church. Maybe I'll give you the example if we have time. <laughs> okay. We won't have time. Uh, so, this brother whose conscience is weak because he doesn't know And because his conscience is weak, and he thinks it's a big deal, his conscience is defiled. His conscience is made ugly. His conscience is made dirty. You just have told your brother Hey, what you're thinking is stupid, is nonsense, is dirty, is whatever. You haven't said it with your mouth. You have said it with your actions. 
You don't want to go there. <laughs> Would you ever say that with your mouth? But with your actions, it is, you could say it with your mouth in French, and he wouldn't understand. <laughs> but when you say it with your actions, everybody understands. French, Arabic, I mean, you name it. So if you, if you want to witness to a Hindu, don't eat beef. They think you're eating the grandfather. You're not going to be able to witness to a person like that. If, if, if he, in fact, not every Hindu believes that, but there's plenty of them that do. Incarnation. You think you're eating his grandfather. And, and by the way, the cow is holy. So, uh, it's, it's, it's defiled. Verse 8. But meat commanded us not to God, for neither if we eat are we better, neither if we eat not are we worse. He says, eating or not eating doesn't matter to God. In itself, I have to be careful how I express this, in itself, it doesn't matter to God. It only matters to God when it concerns a brother or a sister. Then it matters to God. Always does. What I, the way I treat Yolanda matters to God. I can't just treat her any way I want to. I have to treat her the way the, the Lord Jesus prescribed that I ought to treat a sister. And therefore, I respect her to no end. By the way, she's a precious sister also, so you make it easy, sister. So, uh, so it matters to God. Not that we eat or don't eat, but when it concerns a brother or a sister, it matters to him deeply. Deeply, as, as the proof shows here in a little while that we're sinning against God and against our, our brother. So, verse 9. But take heed. Okay, <laughs> here it comes. Take heed. Be careful. Pay attention. Be warned. Lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. In this passage, he doesn't use the word strong or stronger. Okay? In Romans, the 15th chapter, he uses that word clearly, but clearly it is implied. Because if you talk about a weak brother, it only makes sense if that, that means there are also strong brothers. Right? The strong brothers are the ones that know it. But like I said, just because he's a stronger brother doesn't mean that he is a mature brother. Necessarily. Could very well be, but not necessarily so. Okay? Because the guy that split, that split the church, or the guys that split the church, they knew, so they would be considered a stronger brother, but they split the church. If they had acted like a mature brother, the church would not have split. Okay? Uh, but take heed lest by any means your liberty, of, the liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block. Let's talk about the word liberty. Because that is a word that needs explanation. Because we think of liberty that you can do what you want. No, that is captivity. That is bondage. Doing what you want is bondage. Christians, believers do what God wants. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So liberty is not doing what you want to do. Young people, get it. Because when I was a young person, I was taught that liberty means, hey, you can do whatever you want to, baby. Not so. That's not liberty. That is what the enemy tells us that that is true. Because the enemy wants us to be taken captive Amen. by him. By just doing whatever you want to do. Hey, Lucy, goosey, baby. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. Yeah. That's what he said when the Titanic was sinking. Hey, go eat whatever you want to eat. <laughs> go eat as many steaks as you want to. Oh, just drink the wine and the champagne if you want to. The ship is sinking anyways. In the kingdom of God, liberty means you have the opportunity 
to do God's will. And to do his desire. And to become what he had wanted to become in the first place. Before you were saved, you didn't have the freedom to become what he wanted you to become. You were not saved. You you just rebelled against him. You just rejected him. Not till you become a a believer, till you become one of his, will he be able to make you, do you give him the opportunity and he you to become what he had planned for you before the foundation of the world. Okay? We can argue about some of these things, but okay, you win the argument. Okay, here it is. Liberty in Christ means you have the opportunity to do and to become what God has always intended for you. And that includes also what God permits. You have the opportunity to, but what God permits, you don't have to. You're just permitted to do it. That's included. Okay, so where are we going then? This is my definition, by the way. You can find fault with it. If you have a better definition, I'll take it. For if any man see, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Can you go back to nine? My bad, my bad, my bad. So, <clears throat> so here we have that other word, that word stumbling block over here. I went to the word weak but, and liberty. Uh, let, let's talk about weak first, weak. We, we said what it was, not, not physically uh, weaker or uh, 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 less faith or less faithfulness or these type of things. Weak has to do with the fact that a brother, put it, put it on there, would you? Because I, 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 my mind just went blanco, blanco. Uh, a weaker brother is one who has a conviction against something that unbeknownst to him is permitted but not commanded in the scriptures. Are you following me? Okay. A weaker brother is the one who has a conviction against something that unbeknownst to him, he doesn't know it. Paul made it clear to us he doesn't have that knowledge. He just doesn't know. Unbeknownst to him, it's permitted, but not commanded in the Scriptures. But he, he just simply doesn't know it, that it is permitted. So, the weaker brother. Now, now, so this weaker brother who has a weak conscience concerning this particular disputable issue, right? Uh, not only have you defiled his conscience... But now you have become a stumbling block for him. Or her if it's a sister. Oh, my brothers and sisters, do you want to be a stumbling block to a brother or sister? No way. Somebody tie me up or something. Shut me up in a, in, in a room so I cannot get out if, I, if I'm going to be a stumbling block to a brother or sister. Uh, 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 just knowingly. Maybe, unknowingly, maybe. But that's why I say also, even unknowingly, sometimes you have to be a little bit cautious. Paul says, take heed. Be careful, be cautious. When you're in public and it concerns a, a, a disputable matter, you, 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 be careful. You're going to say something? Well, exactly, exactly. And there are lots of them. And... I, I, I want to use the words, I want to use the words, when possible. When possible. Sometimes, if you go, if you take this to the, to the nth degree, you can't do, always do it. Okay? Well, what about this, and what about this, and what about this? Well, if you have five or six or ten of these things all in one location, <laughs> you know what, I need to go home. <laughs> Lest I offend somebody. <laughs> Uh, so, first you have defiled his conscience, now you have become a stumbling block, and verse 10, for if any man see that which has knowledge sit at at meat at the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat these things which are offered to, to idols. Verse 11, and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. Through your knowledge, because you went only on the basis of knowledge. You thought that was okay. Only the basis of knowledge, not on the basis of love. And you caused a brother to perish, to be ruined. 
let's, let's, well, let me see, let me see where I, we'll come back to the parish thing. Verse 12, would you put it on there? But when you sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. This is, brothers and sisters, this is not a matter to be flippant about. Because you know. And because of your immature, childlike, babyish freedom, you cause a brother or sister to sin. Defile their conscience. Become a stumbling block while you yourself sin against them and against Christ. And you cause them to be ruined. Yes, brother. It's assuming, but that's why I say, that's why I say, when you're in public, be careful. Be careful. Um, you know, we're sitting at a table, we're at a function, we're sitting at a table. I order me a glass of wine. Hey, brother, where, where are you going to church? Well, I'm a Baptist. Well, nothing wrong with Baptist, but there, there might be a good sup, supposition, uh, how you call it, uh, 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 that maybe, maybe you, you don't think it's right to drink wine. I won't order wine. Just that simple. So, yes. So, there's, there's issues, right? Uh, but wh- whenever we can, whenever it's possible, uh, let me be considered of you. I, I mean, this is hypothetical, of course, of course. Let me be considered of you, and then I don't, need, I don't need it. The last thing I need to do is have my brother stumble. And I, 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 if we have a little bit of time, I, ah, ha, ha. Uh, verse 13, this is what Paul says. This is the conclusion. This is the... Uh, this is the, 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 the case closed. Case closed and his conclusion. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. I won't eat meat, eat meat as long as I'm alive. I won't eat meat. If me eating meat makes my brother to offend. That is his conclusion. So I give you the conclusion in my words. The stronger brother, when possible, let me just put it this way. When possible, the stronger brother should always yield to the weaker brother. Amen. Lest you make him to offend. I told you this is not easy to receive. So let me give you quickly a, a, an example. Fred is a, he is a fine Christian man. And... Uh, uh, I'll just, I'll just call you his older brother. You uh, have known Fred for a, for a few months. And in Sunday school and through the church activities and so, in, in conversations, you have come to understand that he thinks that drinking alcohol is a sin. And so, but you believe, you think, you know, hey, you have freedom in Christ for heaven's sakes. Okay, so you're going to teach him something. And you invite him, hey, I, I, I have a little boat, let, 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 let's go fishing. Oh, I like fishing. So he goes with you, and he doesn't know what is in your cooler, except there's a few six-packs of beer in the cooler. And you, so you're the older brother, right? So I'm just saying you, hypothetically, Fred is the guy, is the weaker brother, and you... Wait till you're in the middle of the bay before you pop that first bottle of beer open. Pop. And you take a certain amount of delight because his eyes pop open also. Oh, my gosh. Here. But he knows you, you know, through the church. And he has respect for you because you know the Bible quite a bit. And so... He doesn't want to refuse you. You're drinking that beer emboldens him to take one also. And beknownst to you, Fred had a drinking problem. He's been dry for 10 years. He drinks his beer. And he drinks another one. And you defiled his conscience... And you became a stumbling block from him. It became nothing more obvious than when he stumbled from the boat to, 
to the, to the side and to go to Escada and go home. Fred went back to drinking. He had a precious wife. They had struggled through previous battles with alcohol, right? Because he's been dry for 10 years. The last 10 years were wonderful, glorious years. Before that, it was a war. It was, it was crazy. And they struggled quite a bit. But now, that precious wife, all the memories from the past, as good a Christian sister as she was, all the memories of the past, and his actions now, the way he was acting, she left him. You defiled his conscience, you became a stumbling block for him, and you ruined his life. Because in your immature, sick, uh, childish, babyish sense of liberty, you thought you could teach your brother about liberty. He just became a captive. You see, my brothers and sisters, sorry I get so excited. It is exciting to me because, you know, remember, I told you, I've seen churches split because of these things. So I get excited and passionate about it because the worst thing that you would ever experience is a church split. Besides maybe your, if you have split up from your husband or your wife, that is another big disaster. But there's nothing fun about that stuff. A church split is the pits. And, and these things cause break in relationships, right? Uh, you, you, you have Thanksgiving dinner, and you have the sense of freedom that, hey, you know what? We're free. Somebody taught us we're free. So we're going to have some wine. And I don't care what Uncle, Uncle so-and-so says, that he doesn't drink alcohol. When, at my house, by golly, in my house, I'm going to have some wine. I'll show him the freedom of Christ. But you're sinning against your uncle. And you're sinning against Christ. Don't order that stuff. Drink it when it's you and your wife or something. Well, just in a, in a sort of a private restaurant or whatever when there's not too many people around or whatever. In these disputable matters, be careful in public. When you don't know, you don't know. You don't know. But be careful in public anyways. But some things you, you simply don't know. But if you can help it, if it is possible, if you can help it, be careful. Because it concerns a precious brother or sister for whom Christ died on the cross, a cruel cross. And you would sin against that Christ and against your brother or sister. The spiritual matters. We are going to continue on this a little bit in a, a, a little bit different angle. Once again, it is about the other person. So sometimes Christ demands from us, and this is, not, this is not permitted or allowed or whatever. He demands of us that we give up our rights for the sake of the gospel. Let us stand.